Okie dokie, I'm good to goey gokie. So I discovered a YouTube channel that I feel like you might be familiar with, but I'm not sure if you are. Okay. Have you heard of The Hacksmith? Yes. Okay, I figured you would have. It seemed like one of the things that would definitely be right up your alley. Yeah. Uh, but I uh, I discovered it just a few days ago because another YouTube channel that I watch, Linus Tech Tips, uh, mm-hmm. he often does like studio tours while providing um, storage servers to different other YouTubers. Mm-hmm. And he just did a tour of their studio. And there were uh, definitely more than enough things that uh, happened on that tour that got me interested in that channel. It made okay. me surprised that I'd never heard of it before. Yeah. It's a pretty decent channel. I'll admit I don't really watch it very often, but it's definitely something that like they'll have something every once in a while that I'll go and watch from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Also knowing Linus's studio tours, were there things that he just like lost his mind over during it? Uh, a little bit. I mean, basically the entire thing was him like challenging the main guy whose name I already forgot because he doesn't say it that much. Um, yeah. Challenging him to like different competitions of just random stuff that he would see okay. in the in the <laughs> in the warehouse. Yeah. So, but it was pretty good. Uh, nice. But that's that's what got my attention is because they were just it was Linus walking running around the big open warehouse being like, "What's that? What's that? Where's this from?" You know. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I started watching it. It's, I I wouldn't say that it's a channel that like their style of how they make videos doesn't yeah. necessarily like engross mm-hmm. me that much but the content is so good that you know it's a uh, totally fine by me to kind of mm-hmm. pick and choose but yeah i was just watching the video where they made uh thor's hammer out of tungsten mm-hmm. that was pretty wild yeah <laughs> oh good stuff good stuff it was good I feel like I feel like in certain areas, I'm really deep in the YouTube game. I feel like it's probably a bad sign. No, it's not. It's just a thing, you know? Everybody <laughs> dives deep in their own stuff. Yeah. That's fine. Have you been, like, this is just more of a general thing. Because, like, we're both still working full time. But mm-hmm. that doesn't make it, like, the whole situation still feels different, you know? So, uh, have you been doing different things with your time? Because you have a really weird shifted schedule. My schedule is yeah. a little weird, at least for this week, this past week, because I have worked all weekend and I have the next two days off. And mentally, that just kind of, like, this still felt like the weekend. It just felt like a weekend mm-hmm. where I was working. It didn't feel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I still can't get my head around, like, just shifting everything. Mm-hmm. just doesn't feel the same so like are there things that you're doing differently you're spending different amounts of time on because of that shift that you have yes absolutely no my my life is completely different because i'm working a different schedule like how i utilize my time hmm. um because before it's like i would get up and then like i would get up early enough that i could like get ready pretty thoroughly and like get to work and then work all day 
And then I would get home and it'd be like, I'm freaking tired. And then I got to make dinner. And then by the time I make dinner and like eat dinner and maybe deal with the dishes, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm tapped out for the night. Like I can, it's still a bit before I'm going to go to bed, but I'm just going to like hang around and relax and not actually do something mm-hmm. versus now I'm working like a more second shift type schedule. So I'm not starting until the afternoon and then I'm working till late at night. So like my whole morning, like mornings for me are my p- most productive time anyway. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's nice to have that time for me personally. Cause then like I'm able to be productive on things that I like want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess before my free time would be utilized mostly by just like laying around cause I'm tired from the whole day at work. But now it's being utilized by like different projects I've been like meaning to work on for months to years. Um, and like just kind of staying organized in my life, like not having a massive pile of dishes gather next to my sink or like doing meal prep stuff or things like that that make me feel like I'm keeping my crap together. So mm-hmm. have you been utilizing your out of work time free or differently now that your schedule is a bit diff? Yeah, I, I think part of it is. Um, because I'm always at home, I can even utilize in work time a little differently. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that during lunchtime, like if I, if I am going to the office and then coming back here for lunch, I'm going to come back, make a quick lunch and then just sort of hang out versus now I feel like I can be a little bit more flexible with lunch that works to my advantage where I can spend a little longer making something better or even starting to prep something for dinner and I have the time to do that because I don't need to be like, oh, and then after this I need to go drive back to work. It's like, no, I'll just go back and, like, I have my phone on me, so if anything, like, if I take an extra 15 minutes for lunch or whatever, nobody cares, you know. I am, mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of like a, a, a little trade-off right now where I am far more contactable than I used to be mm-hmm. I mean I was always kind of you know pretty flexible with if something really bad happened I like I check my email pretty frequently I'm not someone who just totally shuts off everything at some time but now now it's like everybody's more just aware uh, of it not because we're working from home but because of all the stuff that we're dealing with right now at work Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm more available. And so I feel less bad about taking a little longer here or there being a little bit more flexible with how I'm working. Um, and because I've been doing that and I've been cooking at home better, um, that has led to, uh, I don't know, everything just feeling a bit better when I'm done with work. Like, I don't mind that I'm getting done with work at six and have, you know, a, a few or fewer hours before mm-hmm. I would go to bed than I did before when I was working an earlier schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of find myself utilizing the time better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, something about being a bit more cooped up has made me find other, like go back to other things. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I was in a regular routine, it was easy to come home and be like, oh yeah, I have this time. I'll need to, make some dinner and I'll listen to a podcast, maybe play some Mario Kart, read a book, go for a walk, whatever, you know, 
I had a much mm-hmm. smaller set of things that I was doing versus now I'm allowing myself to kind of find a bit more novelty. We're like, okay, I've set up my piano again. I've been playing around with GarageBand. Uh, the thing that, uh, you know, I uh, messaged you and Jack and Mikhail about playing a game that I wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, I've just been trying to find more things to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's gone reasonably well. It's good to hear. Yeah. Okay, this is another th- another YouTube thing. Okay. I f- uh, I'll just cut this out if I already asked you about it. We, have we talked about Jell's Marble Runs? I know we have. I don't know if we've talked about it here, but... I just can't remember. We've definitely talked about those like marble racing channels. I don't know which one it was, but... Well, so Jell's Marble Runs, uh, their original thing... Or not your original, but the thing that I first found them out about was the Marble Olympics. Yeah. Uh, or it's just so lovely. They have teams and, and there's just, it, there's so much work put mm-hmm. into it and such honest commentary over the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what they've been doing this year is Marbula One. Lights are on. And we're rolling again. This time, another good start from Smoggy. And Mimo falls back behind in a duel immediately developing up front between Rapidly and Smoggy as well. But look at Mimo. Does not want to be denied. Ooh, and then right up against the attenuator in the split and loses first place to Smoggy. Orangen drafting down that little short stretch. Off the chevrons they come onto the pit straight. Around the hairpin and through the chicane. And it will be Smoggy leading the way at the end of lap number one. The gap is going to be fairly close, under a second to Nemo, Origin, and Rapidly. <laughs> uh, which is also really great and even funnier because the the Formula One season has been canceled for the most part, or at least <laughs> a lot of it has because of yeah. coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And so Marbula One has been going on, and it's just been really surprised. Like, even though now I've been watching these videos for like a year, I'm still surprised at my own engagement with them, like how much... Mm-hmm. Like, my brain is wired for sports of any kind. How I can watch this and be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally for this team. And I'm totally on board with this very earnest announcer. Like, oh, basically, basically, uh, you know, anthropomorphizing all these marbles. <laughs> yeah. As they talk about, like, you know, ooh, them making a move to the inside and all, you know, ooh, what a mistake, mm-hmm. bumping off the barrier. It's like, well, yeah, it's just stuff is happening, but it's still so, so much more fun to kind of get lost in it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I recommend that to any, to anybody. Look up Gels Marble Runs, J-E-L-L-E-S. Look up mm-hmm. the Marble Olympics or Marbula One and get prepared for hours of surprisingly good entertainment. Uh Oh, so lovely. <sighs> yep. <laughs> it's just, you know, I don't know. It's one of those days. No, do you want to know the other thing that my, my weird schedule has taught me? Hmm. So in the past week, because um, so my weird schedule is the result of, I don't think I've explained this. If I have, you can just cut it out. But it's the result of like my lab deciding that to go to split shifts so mm-hmm. but we now have half the people in the lab at a time but then just two separate shifts and for what whatever reason i couldn't work my shift one day but rather than taking a whole day off i was able to just switch to do the first shift mm-hmm. that's a transition that is real rough 
<laughs> That's another thing I learned. Can because you, I, I don't, I doubt this gives too much away. Can you be more explicit about what what times the two shifts are? Because I don't even know. Like I don't have a good gauge in my head of when they are. Like a, a starting at like between like five thirty and six thirty shift, and a starting between like one and two shift. Okay, gotcha. Um, so there's like a little bit of overlap. No, we kind of switch right sort of, at the. Okay, it, so they're it's just, just like sort of slightly like weird. shortened and yeah, okay. weird and sure. We're doing stuff to make it work, and like we're expected to do. Some people are expected to do like a bit of work outside of work, mm-hmm. too. When applicable. To like up, yeah. To like whatever, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, working until like late at night. And then, like, having gotten used to that schedule and, like, often I'll stay up for a couple hours past when I get home from work, too. So, like, I'm going to bed pretty late. Mm-hmm. And then, like, transitioning right from that to having to, like, wake up at 4.30 so I can, like, get ready and, like, have breakfast and, like, get my crap together and then commute into work. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a rough transition. Yeah, I bet. And it was, like, it was completely fine for, like, the day that I did it. But it was one of those things that's, like, yeah, I couldn't do this, like, switching, like doing this multiple times a week yeah yeah that makes sense that sounds really rough yeah Uh, yeah the one the one thing that i can say for what's happening right now at work is that it has led to an act a a greater consistency in my schedule like everything Mm -hmm. is shifted later um yeah kind of no matter what it's just kind of the nature of what i'm doing right now Mm-hmm. And even though I typically prefer the slightly earlier thing, like I, I'm pretty flexible with shifting things. And since, you know, realistically, it's not like I'm commuting. I was hardly commuting before. You know, I live so close to my office, uh, but it's uh, so little of just, uh, yep, I wake up, get ready for my day and then oh, turn on my laptop and start working. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then I can always just that that's the other nice thing. About having like a, excuse me, having this laptop that is like my more, like I use it for a lot of stuff, but it's basically my work laptop because for things like podcasting, all this sort of stuff, like I'm using a desktop that just permanently sits near my desk, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm using right now. And for work, typically I have a personal laptop that I would often kind of just leave at work. Um, And since Mm -hmm. that's what I use for work, it's actually a nice way to start and end the day to be like laptop is open and on I am working and when I'm done I can just shut it down and Mm -hmm. go put it away like yes I can still access work stuff or open up the laptop again but it's a nice little mental starting and ending uh, Mm -hmm. thing so that's helped me a lot to transition I think Mm mm-hmm other than that, I've just been uh, I've been fidgeting more. Mm-hmm. Like normally at work, you know, I have a standing desk. I'm occupied doing stuff. Um, I'm also in an office environment, so I don't want to fidget with anything that makes noise. Like yeah. my my manager, every once in a while, will pull out a deck of cards and just absent minded absent mindedly shuffle them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it like it doesn't bother me, but I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at home. I just have have my Rubik's cubes, and especially when I'm monitoring classes, which is like ninety percent 
going into a Zoom meeting and just sitting out for a couple minutes and just yep. passively observing what's going on. Uh, I can just like play with the Rubik's Cube or whatever. Uh, that's actually been kind of nice. So. Yeah. I'm noticing now that I, I'm fidgeting with something silently. <laughs> if it's silent, I don't care. My Rubik's Cubes are not silent. It was actually really funny when Mikhail was visiting. He was like out of the bedroom doing something else. Yeah. Uh, he may have even been like in the bathroom, which is in like, you know, through two doors. Yeah. And I was playing with my Rubik's Cube and he comes back in and he said, oh, that's what that sound was. I thought you were just like ruffling plastic bags or something. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. If you can hear that. No, yeah, I I could see how that could be thought of as sounding similar. Yeah, but it's not like, like it's a speed cube. There's nothing quiet about it, you know? Yeah. So. <sighs> Funny stuff. Yes, but it's been good. All things mm-hmm. considered, I'm, I'm lucky to uh, be in a position to transition so smoothly compared to a lot of my co-workers and a lot of the teachers that I've been observing who have uh, had a bit of a, of a rough time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so it goes. So, for this week, Mark brought Real Life Adventures by Gary Wise and Lance Aldrich. In this comic, we've got a man standing behind a desk, um, or uh, like a what do I call this thing, Mark? Like a, a counter. A, yes, there we go. A counter, like standing behind a counter, um, at a location, um, and then behind the counter there is a set of shelves that are full of bins, and the bins say things such as frisbee, kite, model plane, baseball, birds, leaf, hat. That blew off. Um, and there is another man, and he walks up to the desk, and or the counter, and the man behind the counter says, "Oh, you want Area Fifty One? That's where we keep all the unidentified flying objects. This is Area Fifty Two. This is where we keep the identified flying objects." <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you're, you're taking this. So uh, I just kind of have some general questions about hmm, some of the God. types of flying objects that We're are listed get on back a there. List. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, They're gonna ask so, me about Area Fifty One. No, no, no. <laughs> Not this time. Although I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of uh, NSA agents listening are, uh, you know, a little bored. They might want a little action. So maybe. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I was curious about different flying toys that you may have had as a kid. Like, if there were any that kind of grabbed your attention more than others. Okay. So, I, I mean, I can try and give you a little more to work off of if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, for, so, first thing that came to mind when I read this comic is that front and center is kite in the background, right? Mm, yeah. I think I had a kite once. My dad bought us some kites and we got them all set up and strung them out. And the one out as little kids attempted to fly them and it went very poorly. And that's my only experience with a kite. I've never actually flown a kite. Okay. 
in my That's memory. Sad. That's sad. Like maybe I have that I don't remember, but I'm pretty confident I've never actually flown a kite, which is just yeah. such a like it feels like such a standard like midwestern, you know, old America type of thing to do. Yeah. But I just haven't. Versus mm-hmm. model planes. Like my dad was in the Air Force and he loves uh, airplanes and stuff. And so I had all sorts of, uh, particularly those small, kind of th- tiny, very thin wood ones that you would get at like old, like a uh, neighborhood hardware stores. Okay. Like, do you know what I'm I talking about? No, I don't really. See, Let me see if I, I think, can. I think my model plane experience is analogous to your kite experience. Okay. I just feel like there's no way that you couldn't have seen these sort. It's like the most basic thing that. It's just made out of like balsa wood or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, I'll sort of the show notes see that you have something to look at. Okay. This sort of a thing. Oh, okay. Okay. So we Yeah, would, I've never uh, seen that before, but huh, okay. Okay. So uh, these were like a staple of my childhood were these, mm-hmm. these small little balsa wood things. And they just came in, like you can see, there's like at most four parts. There is the mm-hmm. main fuselage part you know the big long section and then you got the wings that you slip into it and the rear wings that you slip into it and then maybe you know in this one you have some sort of like cute little fake rudder controls in the back Mm -hmm. um pointing up that you'd also stick on there and there would be varieties where there'd be a plastic propeller on the front and the way you do that is there's a hook attached to the propeller and a rubber Mm -hmm. band and you would twist the rubber band snap it back to the back and then release it and it would spin the propeller as you threw it mm-hmm. and it would fly that way and these are like like I, I'm getting like nostalgia and be like oh I want to order one of these on Amazon just play around with it now oh gosh um, so so I'm, I'm just curious of like flying toys because they're just so different yeah. than other types of toys where you have to be such a active part of the toy doing anything but flying oh. toys just feel very different to me. So I'm curious yeah. if there were any that grabbed your attention or maybe that you would want that you would want to play around with or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I definitely have memories with frisbees or with yeah, I, well I do that. It's not what I was meaning to say, but that's also true. I definitely have memories with like frisbees and stuff. Um but I also have memories with kites to get back to what you were actually examples you'd given. I definitely remember like, I didn't use kites much at all, like, a small number of times, but I definitely remember, like, I got this big, massive airplane-looking kite, and mm. I remember, like, going out to a big empty field near, near where I lived growing up and, like, flying that for hours, or what felt like hours to young yeah. Grant, and it was just, like, About 45 super minutes cool to your parents. <laughs> and awesome, but, like, we could never fly it in the backyard because there were, like, a bunch of trees and stuff that messed up the wind too much. Like, we had enough room. It was just, like, there wasn't enough room for, like, good airflow. Hmm. Um, and then, like, I have some other memories of, like, not being able to fly kites very well in my backyard pretty much. Sure. Um, but then not growing up most recently is in college. I remember... On a very windy day freshman year, someone betting me five bucks that I couldn't make a kite that would fly in under 10 minutes. Because we were, like, joking about how we wish we had a kite. Because, like, there were some people who were flying a kite in, like, the center of campus. Mm-hmm. And I made some comment of, like, oh, I could make one. They were like, no, you can't. 
And so I won five bucks that day. So suck it, it, people. Um, I used a plastic garbage bags or a plastic garbage bag, uh, some sticks that I found uh, fallen from a tree right in front of my dorm building. Mm-hmm. And what did I use for like string, like tile together? It was, did I use like electrical wire or something? It was like something that I had on hand that wasn't meant for the purpose, but I got the job done to like assemble it. And then I yeah. think like someone had twine or string or something. Yeah. Cause the, the like brief that I was given is that I had to make a kite because I said, like, well, I don't have string to, like, make it. So, like, there's obviously no way I can do that. But they're like, yeah, but you can't even make a kite that'll fly. I'm like, if you give me string, like, I'll make a kite. Mm-hmm. And so I got the job done. And All I won right. five bucks. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it's electrical wire. I think I had, like, some extra wire around. Not too bad. Yeah. I was pretty proud of myself. I, it was, yeah. I was kind of a big deal. Yeah. Did you ever do in – we did it in eighth grade science class – I don't know if you would have done it. The uh, bottle rocket. What kind of, like, are we talking? So like... take a, as in a carbon dioxide pumped, or not carbon dioxide, just an air pumped pop pop bottle. And with like you, water in it? Yeah, with a little bit of water in it. See how yeah. far you can launch it. Um, I don't think that I ever did it like in like school school, but I definitely okay. think I've done it before. This was like an actual project. In oh, wow. eighth grade science for us, and it was a challenge. I didn't do that well, to be honest. Uh, I think I just just made it over the thirty foot line that was necessary to get full credit. Yeah. Um, but it was actually uh, Peter Killian who went with the non-standard one liter bottle, got balsa wood fins that he got oh like God. carefully placed in a in a you know 100, 120 degrees apart and the genius part uh, a tennis ball nose for waiting mm. like it was really impressive watching that thing fly i'm pretty sure mine fell apart but just kind of skittered across the <laughs> yeah the uh requisite line hmm. um but yeah hmm interesting Why? are you sure it was in 8th grade uh a hundred percent that seems so weird to me because eighth grade like i would imagine that would be a physics class we didn't and have that's physics. not what eighth grade was <laughs> yeah i mean we never had physics well we did like physical sciences or something i don't know i don't remember like sixth grade was just a whole mess of stuff that's what sixth grade was, I think. Yeah, but it wasn't. But it wasn't really like physics. It was just like I remember almost nothing. The only two labs, like I remember sixth grade more as like random experiments for just the idea of getting at doing science. Yeah. Than that's... anything physics related. Yeah, that's like okay. physical science. Not re- no, because like you said, physics, <laughs> which is totally different. Yeah. Okay, but physical science is how. They'll like often like group together chemistry and physics. Sure. Because I but, think it was a both. Okay. Well, in either case, we definitely did not do it in sixth grade. We definitely did it in eighth grade. Okay. That, that, like th- those two years separating people is also definitely a major player in like creating something usable. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Uh, it just seems like it doesn't go with the eighth grade curriculum. Yeah. But with eighth grade, we also did stuff like, like we did, um, 
when we were learning about density, we also did a project where we had to make a boat out of aluminum foil capable of holding as many rocks as possible or, or the largest mass in rocks. Uh, like you would get a single square sheet of aluminum foil. Yeah. And it was just make a boat and you have to ho- try and hold the largest mass in rocks without sinking. Like try and calculate the... um calculate what it could hold in an ideal world you know and of course when you try and do it to when you try and like maximize it you kind of don't know anything about the fact that like well aluminum foil is not exactly rigid so you're already losing a lot there (laughs) you try and make something kind of just like a platform which is what i did i don't i don't think i did well on that one either Uh, (laughs) it's a good thing i didn't become an engineer (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, La- last thought on projectiles and okay. a- air-based toys, boomerangs. <laughs> oh, I still have one. <laughs> Me too. I got pretty decent with them in college. Oh, with the wow. one that I had. I've never gotten one to work. <laughs> like it's the the first time. I think it was in late high school. I I remember for my. 10th like it was somewhere like the 10 to 13 range and for one of those birthdays max gave me a boomerang from like cabela's or something wait did you say late in high school and then 10 no, to 13 I, I i was back i backtracked oh, I, got, okay. I got this boomerang around the ages of 10 to 13 for max okay. and of course because i was a little kid had no capability to make it work yeah and so it just stuck dormant somewhere in my house for a very long time until Mm -hmm. in late high school i found it again and i was like you know what i'm like an adult-ish type of person i can throw things better than i could five years ago let me try Mm -hmm. this out and i could like kind of get it to work like it it clearly was boomeranging just not back to where i wanted it to Mm -hmm. but like you could throw it and you could see it do a big swoop in the air like it was really Mm -hmm. cool to just watch it go just swoop all the way around and then eventually either fall short only go like like you you want it to go a full 360 degrees and it would go like 270 you know it just Mm -hmm. wouldn't really make it all the way or you would throw it too hard and it would go flying over your head but even that was pretty cool because you got you got it to do the full arc you know and and I would just break it out every so often over the years and got better and better at it. Uh, like it's been a long time now since I've thrown one, but yeah. like it, it is such a rewarding thing to see it happen. Like it's super fun. Oh, it's such to a see it thing to actually work. I don't, but like actually, like you look at this dumb boomerang and you're like, how does this? Like, why would this possibly work? It makes no sense to me now it definitely made no sense to me as a kid it was just kind of something you took on the faith that this like weird bent piece of wood would do something that like you're like shouldn't this just work like a frisbee you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but it just doesn't and it's crazy mm-hmm. so someday when we get to be in person again even if we're six feet away i'll find my boomerang and we can okay. and we can play with the boomerang and i think you yeah. will also be excited because it's a very excited thing. It's a very exciting thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I have to say. Okay. I'm glad you're excited about it. Thanks for putting up with me. 
That's what my job is here. Grant brought moderately confused by Jeff Stoller. And we have a young boy uh, inside of a tent late at night uh, down on his sleeping mat uh, writing probably a letter home. And he is writing summer camps fun, lots of old-fashioned games and stories, but the tech support is lousy. So we're ending the podcast or something, Grant? <laughs> God, <laughs> it's your freaking comic. <laughs> yeah, but you normally, like, ask me questions or something afterwards. You know what? Sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes I expect you to take charge of your own life. Okay. So, Mark, what do you think I wanted to take this comic? God, <laughs> I have no clue. Uh, try harder. <laughs> I assume that the tech support is the operative phrase here. Okay. What do you think about tech support, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had nowhere to go, um, to be completely honest. So I was hoping you you'd suck. just do all my work for me. <laughs> Did you say I suck? Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that, but that was rude. Um, no, I don't know. I I miss camping. I want to go camping, and I was thinking about that earlier today. Um, and I guess that's kind of why I chose this. But it's just like, I want to go camping, and like I can't go camping. And I just feel whiny about it. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't... It's you not could pitch a tent in your living room. See, the thing is, the problem is, I don't own a tent. Mm. Or own a tent that I have with me. Um, mm. Like, all my camping gear that I have with me is, like, my hammock backpacking set of stuff. Um, and unfortunately, unless I'm willing to go through the process of installing anchors in my apartment, and then when I move out, that's what I was going to say, removing said <laughs> anchors and fixing the massive amounts of damage that they will likely cause, um, I can't really set it up in here. And so sounds cheaper to buy a tent then. Yeah, but I don't want to buy a tent. Ah, um, well, there's your problem. And also... <laughs> Just to pitch a tent near your kitchen, open up that gas stove that you have, or that gas oven no. that you have. God, no. <laughs> actually, no, this got me actually thinking about something. Yeah? Um. So earlier in the week, it got me... I don't... Oh, because I was thinking about I don't want to buy a tent. And also, like, where would I buy a tent from right now? Um, mm-hmm. But it also reminded me that my thought was, like, oh, I could buy one from Amazon. And my next thought was, oh, wait, I can't buy one from Amazon because it'll take over a month to get here mm-hmm. with prime shipping. Because um, that's been, like, a an yeah, update that's with just the, thing. <laughs> the current situation. Yeah. Um, and it got me thinking about, like, the... The fact of, like, well, people need, like, at the moment, people need to just be patient for most things. Um, and, like, be understanding, because even the things that are open, like, they're going to take a little bit longer. But, like, a month is a lot longer. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I have some frustration with that fact of like, okay, they're still open and they're still charging me for my prime membership, but I can't utilize the features of said prime member. Or No, I guess I can technically utilize the features. It's just the features have drastically changed. Mm-hmm. Am I unjustified for being somewhat frustrated about that fact? In terms I mean, of like at said company, I, I would I have two responses here. Okay. Response number one is like I get it. I, I was debating the order in which I wanted to say these two things, but yeah. we'll say the first one is yeah, I get it. I understand getting frustrated with the whole situation. Uh, response number two is I'm sure if you read the agreement that you that you signed uh, when oh. embarking on a prime membership, uh, you have no basis of complaint. Oh, I'm certain you're correct, but also... <laughs> like, but I know that doesn't change the facts I of, think like, that, you're still frustrated. And I think that the legal agreements that people sign in when entering into whatever sorts of things like this, in reality, they don't actually, like... Oh, I yeah, know. Like, they, I, I know that. We all know that. I'm just making, making a funny... Yes, uh, except it wasn't funny, so you can't say it was funny. Yeah, I know. So what are you going to call it? You're making uh, just a comment I'm period? I'm making a funny. Or... Um, we just have a different baseline level of humor. <laughs> no, we don't. Not that much. Anyway. Yeah, no, I get it. Like, I, I kind of feel the same. For me, it's been more of a, I'll hop on Amazon and be like, oh, I want to get this thing. And then I kind of remember that that's not going to happen. And that stops me from buying a lot of dumb things. So <laughs> for me, it's probably for the best right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have you checked any other stores? Like, I'm sure other stores aren't shipping, like, that much faster. Um, but free shipping is kind of the name of the game in most places. So I feel like you could even just look at, like, REI or, like, Dick Sporting Goods or something. I don't know. Yeah. But in terms of just general but camping, like, you could camp yeah. on your deck. No, I don't want to talk about camping. I want to talk about the Amazon thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. Come on, Mark. Act, act, acting like this is your comic or something. What do you mean that you're acting like it's my comic? I'm. A, it is my comic. Wait, what? I'm confused now. God, I was making a joke. That oh. was an actual joke. Oh, okay. Because it oh, is your comic, but you also oh. were refusing to take any uh, ownership <laughs> over the comic for, by my count, at least 15 seconds, which I might just leave in the edit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no the amazon like i get it things are weird uh with amazon like i think the weirdest thing there is like they tell you why shipping is so slow but like i'm not sure what items do get shipped like what things are they prioritizing like i don't yeah. actually know what they're leveraging their massive network for See, that's the other thing that frustrated me about it because I first noticed it at what day? I noticed it on the 25th. Sure. Or no, okay. it was the 23rd that I noticed it. Mm-hmm. And on the 22nd, it had apparently already gone into effect and was happening, but I just like hadn't noticed it. But I ordered something that was definitely not an essential product. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like an electronics thing that like there's no way it could be deemed essential um 
or like valuable really to people's lives. It, it's a complete luxury product that I ordered and it mm-hmm. had five day shipping. I was like, Oh, that's slower than normal, but like whatever. And I didn't even think about it. And then mm-hmm. the next day I ordered other two other items, which were in the same category. And after I ordered them, I noticed like, Oh wait, they're going to get delivered on the 23rd. Wait, the 23rd was like a couple of days ago. Like how, like what the heck is this is messed up. And then I like look closer. And I was like, Oh wait, 23rd of next month wtf i just ordered these things why is it going to take that long and then i like looked into everything and so like the inconsistency was something that annoyed me initially Mm -hmm. um but let me just i'm looking at something um it's also hard to tell because those aren't like guarantees either like with two-day shipping and all that sort of stuff like that's treated as more of a guarantee Mm -hmm. Uh, that's actually you know made pretty well in my experience but with these kind of extended dates, it feels like more of a buy this date, but you can't tell. Like, I, can't, I, I yeah. just don't know. I, I don't have a good grasp on, it's like, you know, I'm sure that if I thought of any essential item that I would want delivered here quickly, that, that I would deem something more essential, it's probably out of stock. <laughs> so yeah. I don't really know. You five days. I just checked. Okay. Um... So yeah, I just don't, I don't have a good grasp on it. So I've been, like the few times that I've needed stuff, I've just been trying to utilize local stores that are open. Yeah. Um, where you can either just go in or do like, like Best Buy is doing curbside drop off. So when I wanted an ethernet cable, I went to Best Buy. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I've been able to make it work just fine. But I understand that, like, it's, like, it's frustrating, but at the same time, the whole situation is, like, how many things could you buy from Amazon that would be relevant right now? Yeah. Um, So, the thing that it's making me wonder is, because it was something I saw in an article before I even had thought of it myself, but was that, like, it's unknown at this time if Amazon is anticipating refunding prime members any part of their membership fee yeah i bet they aren't and i i doubt they will but also it made me think of like that that kind of sucks too because like other services i've like repeating services that i can't use like they're not still charging me like i'm not Mm -hmm. still getting charged by like the rock climbing gym that i have a membership to Oh, you want to hear a funny story about that? Sure. Funny in like a sad way. So are you aware of the uh, uh, fitness club 24-hour fitness? Yeah. Okay. Uh So uh, I'm not sure if this was like a nationwide thing or if it was just a few specific stores, but I read a story that uh, they, you know, all gyms basically have been forced to close. Yeah. And so they closed, charged everybody for the next month, and then more or less like cut off any customer service lines oh my god (laughs) like how how brazen can you be about the whole situation that's horrible it's like the same like have you been uh have you heard stuff about gamestop Oh, and I don't even want to know. We just end the podcast here. The the GameStop CEO basically said like, oh yeah, we are an essential business and has declared that they will remain open. Okay, (laughs) yes, you're right. I have heard that because they work in technology (laughs) and 
They sell Such mice garbage. and keypads, keyboards or something. Keypads. <laughs> mice and keypads, dude. <laughs> I was just earlier this week, I was thinking that I want a new like external keypad for my laptop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go find your local Best Buy. No, my local GameStop, bro. Apparently they're open. No, don't don't support them. <laughs> Yeah. They're only staying open because if they close, they will close forever. 